0: And while you're all uh, on the edge of your seats,
1: from worship. worship. Amen. So we, um, as a body, you know, the Lord is really doing some creative things in our midst, and he's given us new ideas of ministry. And so on May 6th, um, here in Hartford Village, we have what's called Green Up Day. I think they do it in other areas as well on the same day, but... We um, at the Potter's House School as a ministry are going to go down to Watson Field and we're going to clean up for Green Day. We're going to meet around 9 o'clock. You can leave whenever you want to. There's going to be coffee and water and donuts. Um, But we're going to order T-shirts. And so the back is going to say Potter's House School. It'll have our website. And on the front it's going to say hashtag I think it's Offering Hope or Others Matt, one of those. Anyway, it's really cool, and it's a bright green T-shirt, but if you're going to come, and we would love for all of you to come and be a part of it, you can meet some of the parents and our children, but it's just, it's a fun two hours. Pardon me? Yeah, so there's people in the community, so we can introduce ourselves, minister to the people of the community, Um, and so... I have, like, a form that would tell me how many from your family is going to come and what size T-shirt you need so you can – because we have to order them, and I have to know no later than Tuesday. So, yeah, that means don't be leaving this place without giving me this form, okay? So I'm going to go ahead while they're giving the other announcements, and I'll just – somebody to help me pass these out, but we really want you all to come and be a part of it. It's going to be a lot of fun and a great day to minister to one another and other families and the community. Hallelujah. Amen?
0: Amen. Hallelujah. It's cold yesterday. Gosh, it was rainy and wet and cold, and today's going to be one of those beautiful days. And then I think uh, the last thing I saw in the bulletin was today's, we'd like to know who's going to Israel, Right? That's coming right up, and uh, the deposit is due, so, uh, yeah, hallelujah. So um, I got my packet back, um, so it takes like a week or maybe 10 days to get the packet back. So if you've just sent it in, uh, you're going to get a a packet in the mail that tells a lot more about uh, the unfoldings of the trip, and uh, things to prepare for, and things to do, and uh, I found myself that the hunger is growing to know more about uh, Masada and Israel and the places that we're visiting. So, as you get the revelation, come and share it. You know, as the Lord starts ministering to you about things that He's showing you, come and share. And uh, so, praise the Lord. Amen. There we go, and talk with my hands all the time. well, praise the Lord, good morning uh we can uh release the kids if there are kids here for the children's ministry and uh and uh so as we get into the word this morning uh y- you know I keep remembering uh back at Tabernacles there was Uh, A phrase, a catchphrase that God planted in our hearts that there's a new normal. Mm -hmm. And I found myself trying to think about what the new normal would be and how it was going to play out and things in the earth that were going to take place and the events of our local body and the events of our global body and things. And um, the problem with trying to figure it out ahead of time is that you open the door to disappointment. Right, And when things don't go the way that you thought they were going to go, you end up asking a bunch of questions that uh, take a lot of time. You know, the disciples, as they were uh, watching Jesus and the ministry unfold and not sure how to be a part of that, not sure how to to, uh, come and support what was going on, they had their own mindsets. And their mindset in that day was Jesus was going to take over the government's And he was going to take over the region. And there was a Messiah that was going to come. And all the world was going to bow down at that point. And he was going to build his kingdom here on this earth. And, you know, they knew the scriptures. They knew the places where had been prophesied through the prophets of the days of old. And uh, they were learned men. They weren't ignorant. They were intelligent and trained. And uh, they had professional careers, many of them. And some of them were even fishermen, and, uh, you know, as the story unfolds. And I can only imagine on that day when they watched their friend and their Lord uh, be nailed to that cross, how devastating that must have been to their own theology and their own ideas of what was supposed to take place versus reality, you know? What they thought was going to unfold in their midst, just moments before that, they had had a discussion in their midst: who's going to be the greatest? So who, in in other words, who is going to be the vice president, and who's going to make up your cabinet, and who's going to be sent to this region to bring the order of our Lord, and who's going to be over the you know the finances, and who's going to be over the medical system, and who's going to Who's going to rule in what part? And Jesus just very kindly said, it's not that. It's not the kingdom of God. And I found myself thinking, uh, when we are thinking the days of the new normal, I don't know about you, but I've hungered for the new normal every day because I'm sick and tired of the old. Right? Amen? I'm sick and tired of the thought processes that I get myself stuck in. I'm tired of the reasoning skills that I have developed over the years that brings me to the same conclusion of disappointment. I'm tired of of thinking in certain ways that produce expectations, but the Spirit of the Lord is in a very different place. Are you tired of that? I want you to understand that the new normal that God prophesied in our midst back at Tabernacles is being unfolded before us. That no matter whether we think we understand it or whether we know something's going to take place, God is so passionate about having us walk into the new normal. Remember the prophecies that came. We didn't understand it, but things are not as they appear. Things are not... we are, we are not to agree with the natural realm and, and declare that things are that way in the Spirit. It doesn't work that way. We're not to look at natural occurrences of, of thought processes or reasoning skills and declare the kingdom of God comes out of that. It's the other way around. God releases by the Spirit what He wants us to walk in. And then He reveals it, precept upon precept, And I want to remind you of the prophecy of the Valley of Dry Bones. Ezekiel came into our midst. The word Ezekiel came, and I can identify with that because there are so many places that are dry and aren't the way I thought they would be. The disciples were sure that they were going to experience something fresh and new and an authority was going to come upon the church at that time and Cephas and Annas was overthrown. They they had it. How is it going to turn out? And then the dream died. And the valley of the dry bones started getting drier and drier and fear came in and uncertainty came in. In all the places of their individual lives, what happens now? What happens out of the places where Jesus told us, but we didn't understand? And then we had the word come, uh, comebacks and turnarounds. Remember, there was a prophetic word released in our midst on the eve before the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl played out the word in our midst when a lot of people were watching it. Many people, when I went to work, they said, ah, I went to bed. They gave up because it had been so long and it wasn't going the way they thought it should go. And at the halftime, many people just gave up and went to bed. But the word came before that as a precedent that we, that we would play out, that we would understand what the new normal is. And how God wanted to play it out in our lives. And how God wanted us to think differently. And as we got up the next morning, something occurred that never happened before, according to all the commentary in the news media, that it was won in overtime by the biggest margin in the history of the game. So we had the word of comebacks and turnarounds. And perhaps the disciples had a similar word when Jesus met them in the upper room. Perhaps their hearts were encouraged because he showed himself over to over 500 people and were in the days of Jesus revealing himself into the biggest comeback and turnaround that we have ever seen. And then we had the story of Hadassah, Vashti, Mordecai, Haman, Queen Esther, and how bleak it looked for her and her people and Mordecai. But what God's trying to tell us is that you've been born for such a time as this. He's unfolding the new normal in our midst and bringing the grace that we would walk in it. Grace, the unprecedented favor the place where the Word of God demands that we walk, but in and of ourselves, we're not able. There are so many natural things that get in the way. But the queen at that time was chosen out of all the others to serve the king and have access that few people had. And the story unfolds as Esther decided to go before the king and either lose her life or be granted her wish. And she was trembling and in fear, playing out in her mind how it was going to turn out, trying to use her own reasoning skills and her own understanding. But you see, for her, the Spirit of the Lord was leading her in a new normal that she wouldn't understand until years later. And when she went before the king, she was able to win his favor. You have the favor of the king today. You have the favor of the king. Grace comes to break old habits. His power is not based on me. His power isn't based on your reasoning skills. It's not based on your ability to get it right. How many times have you said, how come I can't seem to get it right? How come the same thing keeps happening to me over and over again? How come I'm such a failure or a zero? The disciples were thinking that. Their world had been crushed. Everything they thought was going to play out The opposite seems to have happened. And I don't know about you, but I had a mindset years ago of what this day would be like. Of what would be happening to me. And I find myself asking, why? Why? Why has it turned out the way it has? And I'm telling you, there's grace here as a gift of God to stop thinking that way. There's a grace and an impartation through the Holy Spirit to stop blaming yourself or stop looking at yourself as something less than what God created you to be. There's a grace right now that is imparting to the people the valley of dry bones being raised up into a one true army a one true Word, a one body that's throughout the earth that you are an intricate and personal and passionate part of. And I see the Word, the word of the Lord working in your lives, bringing confidence, bringing the uh, revelation to even speak to the mountain to speak to the principalities and the powers that want to maintain the discouragement and the depression and the anxiety, that want to continue to foster, it's never going to happen to you. You've missed it. Have you wanted to give up recently? I'm telling you, there seems to be more battle in the last months Every single thing we seem to do, there's battle. We get phone calls of people in hospitals and people happening like Belinda. People, people needing a touch from the Lord. People needing something new, some new event. Well, I'm telling you, there's a cleansing of the mind happening with the children of God right now. There is a grace coming upon the body of Christ that we don't judge ourselves by our past. We judge ourselves according to the future that is His Word. And where He said He was going to take us. And as the disciples in that day started to understand as Jesus came to them after the grave and ascended and presented Himself in front of the hosts of heaven in the throne room of God and being declared, I'm alive. He was alive. So too will that play out in our body, in the body of Jesus Christ throughout the world. There is a playing out right now of the Valley of Dry Bones. He said, prophesy to the dry bones. And as I began to prophesy to the dry bones, they started to come together in a rattling. And then he said, let the four winds come and breathe life into the bones. And flesh came upon the sinews and the bones came together and they were raised up by the power of the Word of God. And by his breath. That's what you're experiencing that was prophesied uh, back in Tabernacles, what the new normal is. It isn't the new normal of you trying to figure out how to get it right anymore. It isn't based on your decision of trying and trying and trying. That's man's religion. Jesus is so passionate about having you experience a resurrection in your personal life. But for each one of us, we have to try and fail and try and fail and try and fail before God comes and brings the grace to the dead bones to rise it up. Else, we wouldn't know the power of Jesus, we wouldn't know the power of the resurrection. And that's the new normal that we live in today. Stop thinking what I was doing was wrong. Stop thinking about how you're judging yourself and the decisions you've made. This is, I I went astray here. I never should have done that. I never should have uh, participated in that move or I never should have said that or I never should have acted that way. This is about the resurrection of our God. Reaching down into the children that he loves. Into the people that he prophesied to let the dry bones come together. And you experiencing something that's supernatural. That's outside of yourselves. Outside of your own ability to reason it out and see how it's going to play out. This is love reaching down throughout the spring and summer. To strengthen you in a place into a new normal. (laughs) Enoch, he was the son of Jared, the father of Methuselah. And Methuselah was the grandfather of Noah. So back in that time, there was something so passionate about Enoch. To know who God was to understand by revelation, because he couldn't figure it out on his own. He couldn't reason out the Scriptures in a way that he could grasp hold of God. And God reached down and drew him up into the heavenly places and showed him things that hadn't been shown to mankind before that. These are the days of Enoch where the Lord reaches down and draws you to a place to understand the destiny and the reasons why you've had experiences that you've experienced. These are the days. Enoch was an tra- early trailblazer. And he want, God wants us to understand uh, what He spoke through Enoch in a different time and in a different place through a different people. Amen? Amen? Enoch was a trailblazer and he loved God passionately. He saw saw the governments of heaven. He saw the great storage rooms and where the rain and the snow came. He saw the foundations or the boundaries of heaven and earth and hell. He saw vast things and he understood nothing happens without God knowing it or orchestrating it. And then in Hebrews, in chapter 11, 5 and 6, it says, By faith, Noah was ta- uh, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. He was not found because God had taken him up. For before he was taken, he had the testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Even coming to God can't be through natural reasoning. One thing that set Enoch apart was he loved God passionately, and he was asking questions over and over and over again until God provided the answer. You've been asking questions for God for months and months and months. And God is a God who gives answers. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. He knows that. He knows where we're at. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. And a Sunday or two ago, I heard during worship that God is bringing gifts of faith because in the places where we need to go, we can't get there unless He enable us. And so God is bringing gifts of faith into our personal lives that we believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He wants to answer every cry through a resurrection experience and an experience with His Holy Spirit. He wants to answer and your responsibility is to keep asking like it was with Enoch. God, what about this? What about that? What's? How does this work? How does that work? Enoch saw great storehouses of heaven where there wasn't lack of anything. And he was wowed and awed by the stuff that was in heaven that God had made that he wanted to be released on the earth. He was wowed by the vast warehouses of innumerable things. And he was shown boundaries of heavens and boundaries of earths. He was shown that the the heavens were ever expanding. In Enoch's day, in Enoch's day, grandfather of Noah prophesied into the earth that there was going to be a cleansing of the earth through a flood through one of his descendants. Prophesied. Prophesied. God's been prophesying into our midst and into our descendants in this day that we're in. The Father's heart is that we would appropriate His Word. Jesus is the Word. That we would learn to master it and allow Him to speak through us, releasing His Word and seeing His kingdom advance in every direction. God is so passionate about wanting to reveal Himself. Through you. Through an experience that he knows that you can't achieve that goal on your own. That unless something happens in the spiritual realm like it did with Enoch, then we're left to be where we're at. There's a grace coming in the day that we're in. To stop thinking in the old ways. To stop... anticipating failure because that's the thing that happened the last 20 times. There's a deliverance coming from mindsets. There's a new uh, transforming of our mind and how we see God and how we understand how He's working in these days. In John chapter 10, verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone hears me, he will be saved and will go out, in and out, and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus told us, that the trials of our life are uh, hindered by an adversary and he comes to steal and kill and destroy. He doesn't want you to experience the resurrection of Jesus. He doesn't want you to understand the mysteries of heaven. But God in this day, through His authority and power, is releasing, irregardless of what the adversary is doing, Because He wants His story to be told. God wants His story to be told in your heart. Luke chapter 10, And He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means will hurt you. We have a real adversary. We have a real... uh, There is a real realm of the Spirit where they want to come and hinder every single work of God and pervert it and twist it and call it into something that it's not to water it down. But I see the people of God being infused with the Word of God through gifts of faith to execute judgment upon our enemy. I see people rising up. I see people being bold once again to share the Spirit of the Lord rising up within you to declare depression, go. Fear, go. Guilt, go. Every oppressive spirit, go. Every lying spirit, go. You're not my portion. You're not what God has released in the Spirit that He wants me to participate in. There's a coming together of dry bones. There's a rising up of the Spirit. There's a rising up of an army of God who knows who they are. You're among the army of the Lord. Hallelujah. As I begin to close, I want to read Mark to you. And um, I have it uh, or Matthew, and I have it in the Amplified uh, because I love the way the Amplified tells us what the thought is behind this scripture. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. They had just come from... Um, the eleven disciples came to Galilee in the mountain and they had pointed them and, and when they saw him, they fell down. This is after his death and they were uncertain about you know, who, who this person was that was revealing themselves. They kind of thought it was Jesus. But it says in the Scripture, some doubted. Some doubted. They weren't sure. How could this new normal that's now playing out in our lives that's so different than what we thought it was going to be, how can this, how can this ever get back on track? And so Jesus came to them, And he broke the silence, and he said to them, All authority, all power to rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days, Perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion to the very close of the consummation of the age. We wonder, where is Jesus in these days? Sometimes we get so oppressed with the onslaught of the devil that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And sometimes I found myself asking, God, where are you? Where are you? And the tears come and the brokenness comes. This isn't how I thought it was going to be, God. This isn't what I thought your word prophesied into my future years ago. This doesn't line up with my theology. And Jesus wanted us to know that I am with you all the days, repeatedly, perpetually, uniformly, and on every occasion to the very close in the consummation of this age, and there's no time where Jesus takes a break or goes to sleep. The disciples experienced that in the boat, and they feared, but He was right there. He was right there all the time. And as I I close now, John chapter 14, there's another amplified version here. John chapter 14, verse 12. And I assure you, This is Jesus speaking. I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he himself will be able to do the things that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And I will do, I myself will grant whatever you ask in my name as representing all that I am so that the Father may be glorified and extolled in and through the Son. And yes, I will grant. I myself will do it for you. Whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. There's a power and an authority coming upon the earth in the days that we're in that establishes the new normal. There's a petition like Enoch, a hunger that Enoch had in heaven to go and ask God questions and not be denied until the answer came. And when the answer came, it was established in that day for Enoch. It was so real to him that he spent the last years of his life going and ministering to his son Methuselah that he would carry on the mysteries of heaven best he could the day that we're in Jesus said if you ask anything in my name there's an authority coming upon the earth right now through you the sons of god to release his word he wants to make himself known to release his word not in the not in support of how you thought things were supposed to be not in support of your mindsets because Jesus in says In the fullness of all I am. And there's a love coming upon the earth in the day that we're in that love establishes the kingdom of God. Love establishes the truth of Jesus Christ. And so as we remain struggling with our own mindsets and our own thoughts of the way things should be, God comes by grace to enable us to walk in the places that His Word demands. And I see change coming, uh, continuing to change as this season of time that we're in of Passover. We're still in the season. But there's another season coming called Pentecost. And it's only a few days away. And in the days of Pentecost, everything changed again into a new normal. And the power of God was demonstrated throughout the earth perpetually perpetually and so I want to get your encouragers up there and your antennas up there that just as in the days of Enoch when there were uh, mysteries being revealed to him these are the days where key things are being revealed for the people of God to operate in a new normal in a new authority It isn't going to be hours and hours and hours and fasting and prayer. It's going to be the releasing of His Word and manifested for all to see. It's going to be Him quickening through you by revelation what He wants to be released. And it isn't in some uh, religious way. It's you sharing who Jesus is in your life by your words to another individual or to a demonic force, or a demonic influence, or the demon spirits that don't want to be displaced. It's you speaking to the mountain and saying to the mountain, pick yourself up. That land is holy ground given to me by my Father. I own that land because I'm a child of the King. And you standing in a new place of authority and you seeing the mountain pick itself up and away with itself. So fear, go. Anxiety, depression, go. This isn't a gift from God. The gift, my enemies scatter the moment he arises and God is raising up children in these days to stand in that place of authority to stand in that place. And there's a feast coming that's called the Feast of Pentecost where everything changed again for the people in those days. But it's the same story. It's the same story for the disciples. It's the same story of the mindsets they were in. It's the same story of the heartache that they were in. They were fearing for their lives and they went from a place of fearing for their lives Almost every single one of them were martyred. Cut in two and skinned alive and horrible things. But that just goes to show you that they didn't give up. Because they passionately believed with every fiber of muscle and bone and flesh that they were, that Jesus had risen from the dead and is offering eternal life and peace and hope and patience and gentleness and kindness and all the fruits of the Spirit. And with them, they were speaking to the doubters, but the signs and wonders were following them everywhere they went to, because God wanted to confirm and affirm what was being spoken. And such is the same for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So Passover is behind us and He has been raised from the dead and He has presented Himself in the courtrooms of heaven in the presence of the holy angels and God and and all that were there, declared alive. And He is alive. And He's living inside of each one of us. So that is the past, and that has invited us into the place of the Holy of Holies. But there's another thing coming. He said, wait until the power comes upon you from on high. So we find ourselves in a season of waiting but great expectation for him to reveal himself in such a personal way, such an intimate way. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Let's stand up. Let's all stand.
2: Um, Pastor, uh, I want to bear witness to this word. I want to bear witness to it by the Spirit. It's uh, by two or three witnesses, the Lord says. Who else witnesses His word as prophetic? It's a prophetic preaching that we heard today. It's not just a, a, a good message of God or a word of encouragement. This was prophetic in nature. Um, it's right on. It's everything that I have uh, tablets of notes on. If you know the theme in today's word was encouraging a prophetic word means it was, it is, and it will be, okay? It's got everything. It's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so it goes forward, and then there's an anointing for today. This isn't fake news. Sean kept speaking. He he may or may not have known. He kept talking about mindsets. He caught, kept talking about thinking As a man thinks, so is he. In other words, how you think is what you are. And God is coming, this is a prophetic word, to change how we think. It will be the new normal. It was the new normal in Phoenix day. It is the new normal today for you and me. And it will be again tomorrow. You are going to stop your toxic thinking. The enemy comes in every circumstance to bring you fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. That is a lie from the pits of hell, and God is here, and he spoke it again today. You have good news today. There is a grace. He repeated it at least five times, and five times in the word. It was said, there is a new season of grace, and you're going to stop thinking the way you've been thinking. You are going to stop it. And today, I mean, I'm on this thinking. You're going to get more of this teaching on how-tos next week. We're going to look at it. We're going to identify it. You're not going to walk out of here and forget it. It's got to stick with you. It's got to be part of you. Men and women of faith that you read about in Hebrews chapter uh, 11 were the ones that stopped thinking wrongly. They stopped beating themselves up. They stopped agreeing with what maybe your father said about you, that you'd never amount to anything. What your friends, your peers? It doesn't matter. That's all fake news. That is fake news. And we got good news today. And so there is grace, and so I want to prophesy it. God, in the, in the songs that we sung today, there was a prophetic anointing. It was in this church from the minute we walked in today, during rehearsal. And we're going to prophesy it, and we're going to declare it in everything that was spoken. Father, let this word be sealed to our spirits. Let it be spe- sealed to our souls. Let it be sealed to our bodies, God, let it be like a spiritual tattoo, a spiritual tattoo. This is a new day that i my mind will be renewed in Jesus name. I will have the mind of Christ. I will stop negative thinking. I will think like God thinks in my heart as I think, Lord, and I meditate upon your word. I will be that. I will become it. I am it. I am that. I was that and I will be that, Lord, that you call forth in this hour. And, Father, let we destroy all the plans of the enemy right now to snatch this word out of people's hearts this morning, out of their minds. And we go with a militant, a militant attitude That comes to destroy the one who comes to devour and steal today. And Father, we declare that every time we sang, break every chain. Lord, break every chain. Break every chain. Our God is a chain breaker. He is a chain breaker. And we break the chains of bondage on our minds and our thoughts. Father, we invite you in to correct us. Interrupt our day. Interrupt our thought life, interrupt our thinking, interrupt our attitudes, Father, and finger it, Father, because we set our hearts today to agree with you. We set our hearts today to believe you. We set our hearts to believe you, Lord. We won't be like what we talked about last week that even with the good news, when Mary came to the disciples and they said, We've seen him, I I touched him. He told me, they didn't believe it. Even when he walked through the room, it says, and they still didn't believe it. God, break the power of unbelief off of our minds once and for all, Lord God. That's what we're crying out for. Let us be that army that rises up in this hour of grace with a new thinking and a new heartbeat in them, Father. And let us go forward With intensity of your spirit, God, and let the world be turned upside down. Let the comebacks come wherever they will be. Let the turnabounds be released in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we declare it today. Seal it to our hearts, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
3: Just give me a second. Johnson, things are not as they appear. And don't agree with the things that appear. I'm just hearing this whole resounding thing in my spirit. The word says two or three witnesses, right? Shall affirm every word. Wherever two or three shall gather in his name and agree is where he is. And if there's an accusation, there needs to be at least two witnesses. Now listen to this. When we agree... With the accusation by our accuser, we've given it power. Satan knows the power of agreement where two or three shall gather. It's a spiritual principle. And so every time we agree with our past, our mindsets, our failures, we have an agreement with an adversary, but it stands hold in power back to the courts of heaven and the heavenly realm and the spiritual realm that that power has now gained strength. So every time you agree with your condition, you have your adversary standing with you and you've brought power to that agreement, which then locks you into the spiritual realm of being bound by it. Because His Word says there must be an agreement, at least two or three witnesses of every accusation, and you've become your own witness with your accuser. So, Father... Give us the understanding that we do not agree with our past. We don't agree with the places in our lives that still may not be complete. For, Father, we are those that are redeemed and that we are that new creation man in life. And our agreement is is not what we are presently, but what you've called us to become and in the process of that. So, Father, we destroy the works of agreement with every negative thought, every negative mindset, every negative action, Father, and anything that will allow our adversary to agree with us in any way to give it strength and power over us because the blood of Jesus is where we agree with the covenant of the blood of Jesus. There's no greater power on earth or in heaven than the blood of Jesus. And our agreement is that we've been redeemed, our sins have been forgiven, we have died, and we have been risen, born again, born from above. And our citizenship is in the heavenly realm, in Jesus' name. Now, I'm serious about this. Every time you come into agreement that something that's negative, you break its power. Say, no, I don't agree with that. Not what I see, but that which he has spoken. I do not agree with what my past tells me. I do not agree with my circumstances. Yes, I am complete, but in the process of becoming whole. And I do not agree with anything less than the perfection be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's what Jesus said. In Jesus' name, Amen. You got something. Dave's got something too. Uh, okay,
2: get up here. But I want to just uh, let's do something that the Lord just told me to do. That's right on what Pastor just said. There has been Sean. You're supposed to. You're supposed to pray, prophesy this. Um, it, it's going to be twofold. But um, there, ha- the Lord was just showing me that. Um, There have been negative words spoken over this church, over this body, over this people, over what Praise Chapel stands for, through, uh, I mean, for decades. And God said that sometimes we have agreed with it. We've said, well, it looks like this. Well, it looks like that. Well, it doesn't look good. Well, whatever. But we're going to break the power of that. Prophesy over that, Sean. Sean.
0: Father, we release Your Word into the atmosphere. Every single negative word, every innuendo, every single uh, place of false judgment and accusations in Jesus' mighty name, according to Isaiah, they will assemble against You, but they will surely fall. Every word spoken against You that rises up in judgment is already condemned by the Author and the Creator of the universe. Father, I thank You that Your Word goes out to arrest every one of these thoughts, every one of these words, every one of these false judgments and brings them to the feet of Jesus Christ where they are to wait there in silence, unable to communicate, unable to continue to carry out their assignments, but their assignment is broken this day. Father, I've seen Your hand go throughout the land and grinding into ashes and dust the camps of the enemy. Throwing into confusion. And I declare today is different. Today is the new day. Today is where the Lord's oath and His Word rises up and hovers over the people like it was in the days when they crossed over the Red Sea and the Jordan River. That there is a crossing over of the people of God into a land flowing with milk and honey. Flowing where the provisions come from heaven. And the Word of God released in Revelation and the things we need and the finances and all of the things that are stored up that God said we could have. Have. And I declare that it will surely manifest itself on this earth through a many-membered body coming together, walking under the anointing and walking under the favor of God that the sons of God are being revealed in the day that we stand. In Jesus' mighty name, I declare it. Let it be said. Let it be written. Let it be so in Jesus' name.
4: Uh, in Genesis chapter 3, that's the account of the fall of mankind. And I want you guys to think about something. What, what's been brought forth in word and what's been proclaimed here is that we will no longer listen to a lie of the enemy. When the fall took place, it was, it was a lie. It was given to Eve that she began to dwell upon that she was in lack And then she agreed that she was in lack, and so then she took the fruit. Every time there is a false accusation that's brought forth, it is a lie to get you, to convince you that you are operating in a a state of lack and to agree with it, and then that's where sin comes in. Because now you try to rectify your lack. Outside of God. That's why he says that he, he, is, he is I am. We have to stop operating in lack. We have to stop agreeing with the fact that we are in lack. We're not in lack. We walk in divine health. We walk in divine power. We walk in divine privilege. So we have to stop believing the lie that we are in lack. When we stop, when we renew our mind, it's what the Word says we're supposed to do, we are supposed to renew our mind with the washing of the Word. Then it also says we are supposed to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. If I told one of you take your shoes off, and I blindfolded every one of you, and I said put your shoes back on and tie them, there's no doubt every one of you could do that without even thinking about it. That's renewed in the spirit of your mind. The military calls it muscle memory. Stop believing the lie that you are in lack. Yeah, stop. The reason why a man goes to pornography is because he believes in, he's in lack in his own relationship with his wife. reason why a woman goes to a romance novel or to another man is because she believes he's in lack within her own marriage you're believing a lie what is fear it's a lie false evidence appearing real
1: Amen. Wednesday night as we were here for prayer, when Pastor asked Sean to bring the word Sunday, I knew immediately that there was something that was coming. My, I was already anticipating and excited. When I came in this morning, there is a weightiness. There is a substance to this word today. From the moment that we stepped in here today, I want to encourage you as I was praying this morning The Lord showed me um, sheep. We're all sheep. The Lord showed me that some of the sheep have been out on the outer skirts of the house. You know, the shepherd would go and he would bring the sheep back in. Sometimes he would have to break their legs and put them around his neck on their shoulders. And that's where he would carry them. I want to encourage you today. It is time. It is time, if you have been on the outside of the house, it is time for you to step in. Because today the Lord came just as he sent the angel to that pool to stir the waters of the gifts and the callings in this house. He is stirring those gifts and those callings. And every part of the body is necessary for us to be successful individually, corporately, In this house, in this valley, in this state, in this country, and in the world, every part supplies. I want to encourage you as well. In the word of God, there is life. This is life to you. It will renew your mind, as we're talking about. This will bring and stir up that grace to walk in the new place that God is calling us to walk in, to leave the old, to believe that with man, everything is impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. I don't care what the enemy says, because we don't listen to lies, We are his children. We know his voice. We don't listen to lies. I was doing some research on something, and the research proved that this certain medication had completely damaged someone who is very close to me. And the medical world says, oh, there's no recovery. And the Lord said to me immediately, that is a lie. Because the spirit of God that breathed upon the valley of dry bones can breathe upon every place in our life, in our body, in our mind, and can bring life. Where the enemy said there was death, he's a liar. He is a liar. And I want to encourage you that what man says is impossible, God says is possible. Amen?
3: Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, yesterday morning about 1.30, they had to take Belinda back to the hospital uh, by ambulance. And so I've been trying to find out. So she finally texted me this morning. She says, I'm very, very sick. She's in room 418-418-A. They, uh, they did another 9-1 oper- operation. They rooted my bowel due to another leakage, they called my kids and said to come because they thought that she wasn't going to make it. So they opened me up and extended further. Basically, they made a detour around what was already where all the infection was. And so uh, she was essentially was, she was throwing up her fecal matter. So... Father, we're in agreement with the power of healing in Jesus' name. This is like the third or fourth operation just on this particular part of her body. She's had like 30 operations in the last three or four years. So, Father, we destroy the works of the spirit of infirmity now in Jesus' name. Father, every curse, every hex, every vex, Father, every evil intent that's been voiced. It's been sent to her physical body. We destroy its works now in Jesus' name. The authority of our agreement binds any work of darkness, any spirit of infirmity, and we command it all to go to the footstool of Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Now, Father, our agreement says, according to the word, we have been healed. Not that we're going to be, that we have been healed. So, Father, we declare to the physical body of Belinda... You are healed in Jesus' name. You are healed in Jesus' name. By what seems to be unnatural or impossible, we declare that which is supernatural, which is the hand of the Father and the healing through His Son, Jesus. We speak you are healed now in Jesus' name. And we command a quick recovery. No longer any open doors, no access in any other way to bring any more spirits of infirmity to her physical body. And we declare a quick, supernatural recovery. And also, we remove the agreement with discouragement in Jesus' name. We speak life to you, Belinda. We speak whole purpose and destiny in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.
2: manifest, and all the things that God has set before you. And God says, I intend to use you, my daughter. I intend to use you mightily. And so I declare that I will be your shield in these days to come. I will be your shield, and I will be the lifter of your head, daughter. And the purposes and my plans shall come to pass, says God. They shall come to pass. In spite of all circumstances, all past life circumstances. For I am your deliverer. I am the one who will prosper you in body, spirit, and soul. I come to open your mind with new understanding as I come to speak with you, daughter. I come to open your mind with a spirit of understanding when you read your word, the word, my word. And I release upon you power from on high this day. Power from on high this day. An anointing that will break every yoke. I anoint you with this today. In Jesus' name.
3: Amen. So, Father, we activate this day in Jesus' name. Room 418A, if you want to go up and pray for her and love on her. Amen. Any other announcements? Be sure to look at your bulletin because May 7th there's going to be somebody